0: Welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. Uh, I'm glad you're here if you're here in person, and I'm glad you're watching if you're tuning in online. If this is your first time tuning in, uh, my name is Wade, and we're glad to have you. Uh, Let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, thank you for the opportunity to get up here and and share what you've laid on my heart this week. Father, I just pray that you'd open every mind and every heart to receive what it is you have to say to us tonight. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd give everybody that hears the message understanding of it. And I pray that everything that's said, Lord, is is straight out of your word and straight from you. I pray that none of my own opinions or, or anything like that would come out, but just what you've given me, Lord. And we'll give you the honor, the praise, and the glory for it. And it's in Jesus' name we do pray amen. Uh, if you've been here for the last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about the love of God, you know, what what that should look like. Paul gives us a description of it, and uh, more than what it does look like, he gives us a, a really good description of what it should not look like. Uh, last week, we covered a, a good bit of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 5, but we're going to pick up where we left off last week in verse 5. We didn't do the last part of it because I knew it would take almost a whole message just to just to do the last part of it. If you missed last week's message or or the two weeks before that, you can find those on YouTube or on the the church page. But Usually, I gave a review of what we talked about last week, but for time's sake, I'm just going to get right in there this week. Uh, So, the the last part of verse 5 that we didn't cover last week, in the King James, it says it's not easily provoked, or it thinks no evil. In the NLT version, it says, and it keeps no record of being wronged. You know, it's not irritable. And the... You know, I told you last week that that's that's talking about unforgiveness. You know, if we keep a record of wrong, then that means we got things that we're keeping tabs on. Somebody has done something to us or something happened to us that we just won't let go. You know, we're not willing to forgive that. And if you're suffering from unforgiveness, you know, I told you last week, then you're probably not experiencing the freedom and the peace that the love of God brings to you. You know, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you can't have the, the love of God and unforgiveness in your heart at the same time. And uh, we also said last week that you can't share what you don't have. You know, if you don't have the love of God in you, then you're going to have a hard time actually showing the love of God to anybody else. And I said suffering from unforgiveness because, you know, I'm convinced that unforgiveness is a sickness. You know, it, it affects us and not just us. It affects all the people around us. You know, it don't affect the person that you won't forgive. It affects you. And uh, we, want, we want that person to pay for what they did to us. But when we're carrying around unforgiveness, that don't hurt that person at all. But it, it does a lot of damage to us. So it affects us, and it affects every relationship we have. It affects our relationship with God. It affects every other relationship in our life at some degree or another. <clears throat> I don't know how many of you were here like 18 months ago, but it was about 18 months ago I did a sermon on unforgiveness, and I remember when I was preparing for that sermon that I was going to look up the word unforgiveness in a strong concordance and see how many times that word was used in the Bible. You know, if you've been here for a while and, and listened to any of my sermons, I like doing word searches and see exactly what that word means. But when I looked up unforgiveness in the concordance, or, you know, any form of that word, like unforgiven or unforgiving, Uh like I said, I don't know how many of y'all were here, but does anybody remember how many times that that was in the Bible? It was Zero it's not in the Bible at all. It's not in Strong's Concordance because it's it's not written in the Bible Not one time is the word unforgiven or any form of the word like unforgiving or Anything like that. It's not in there. Absolutely none of it not even a form of it And I remember I was shocked by that as much unforgiveness as there is in the world You'd think there'd be at least one verse on it but there's not. <clears throat> and the reason that it, it's not in there is because that's not God's design. You know, God's design is to forgive. God's design is to love. God's design, you know, like it says in Romans twelve twenty one, is not to be overcome of evil, but to overcome evil with good. And the only way we can do that is the same way Jesus did, is through forgiveness. Uh... And I I remember thinking to myself when I did that other sermon, that if there was a verse on unforgiveness, you know, somebody would take that one verse and they would pervert it and twist it and manipulate it, and they'd form a doctrine out of it to where some forms of unforgiveness were acceptable. And uh, I think God didn't let it get in there on purpose, because if we had a verse to back it up, then we would have... You know, just all kinds of different doctrines on, well, I'm not forgiving them because of this reason or that reason or whatever the reason you know we might make up would be, but uh, it's not in there because God says it's not acceptable. You know, no form of unforgiveness for whatever reason is acceptable. There's nowhere in the Bible that it says we have the right to withhold forgiveness from anybody. You know, forgiveness is what our very salvation is based upon. My salvation, your salvation, everybody's salvation. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, I think we went over this verse last week. (coughs) It says, in whom, talking about Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So our redemption comes through forgiveness uh, according to the riches of his grace. You know, that's how God forgave us, through the blood of Christ. We are forgiven, so we should be willing to forgive others. Uh, Romans 5:8. we share this verse every week, and we'll we'll be sharing it again before the, the message is out. You know, that's how God demonstrated His love for us. You know, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And He died for us so we could be forgiven. So God showed His love towards us that he forgave us, you know, because Christ died for our sins. And we should be, if we're going to show the love of God, that is the love of God. We should be willing to forgive others when they sin against us. You know, just cut through saying that kindness, it don't come naturally, and forgiveness don't either. Forgiveness is a choice. And, uh, you know, if we, if we leave that up to our, Natural selves, we don't naturally forgive. You know, that is a divine thing. It's a spiritual thing. We have to choose to forgive, and then we need God's help to do it. You know, we're not able to do that on our own. When people hurt us, they really hurt us. But God demonstrated His love to us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So tonight, uh, I want to look at forgiveness the way we should look at it, which is the same way God looked at it. We forgive for Christ's sake, you know? Not for my sake, not for their sake. We forgive for Christ's sake. He's the one that died for us. He's the one that died so people could be forgiven, you know? I tell you all the time, I'm not the judge and you're not the judge. Christ is the one that died for us. And uh, God said that was good enough and He forgives the sin of the whole world because of that. Uh, In Ephesians chapter 4, I'll start in verse 30, and we'll go through verse 32. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be you kind one to another, tenderhearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you So God didn't forgive us because we weren't guilty. He forgave us for Christ's sake Because of the sacrifice that he made for us He didn't forgive us because we weren't guilty. He didn't forgive us because we said we were sorry He didn't forgive us because we made amends and we made things right on our own He forgave us because Jesus Christ loved us enough to die for us because we couldn't do anything about our sin on our own. He forgave us for Christ's sake and that's what we have to learn how to do as sons and daughters of God before we'll ever be able to truly show the love of God that Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 13 to anybody with a pure heart. Uh, Like I said a minute ago, we can't have a pure heart and unforgiveness at the same time. Uh, In 1 John chapter 4, it talks about that in verses 20 and 21. It says, if a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God also loves his brother you know when we have unforgiveness in our hearts and we keep that record of being wrong like we just read there in verse 5 we're quenching the holy spirit of god and the very fruit or the very first fruit of the holy spirit is love and uh, you know we just read there in verse 20 it says if we say we love god and hate his brother that we're liars and the love of You know, how can we love God who we have not seen if we don't even love the people that we do see? So if we're keeping a record of being wronged, we're quenching the Holy Spirit of God. You know, the same spirit that we were forgiven through. We're denying to give that to other people uh, because God is himself is love. It says that in 1 John chapter 4, 2, in verse 8. It says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. You know, Christ came and died so that we could be forgiven. Uh, and he wants us to forgive others too. In Matthew chapter 12, <clears throat> verses 30 and 31, that's what they're talking about, is quenching the Holy Spirit. It says, He that And this is Jesus talking. He said, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And uh, these verses say when we're unwilling to forgive, we're not only quenching the Holy Spirit, we're working against jesus you know he says in verse 30 instead of drawing people to god with the love of god we're scattering them abroad we're working against what christ came to do which was forgive all of us of our sins and not only that uh, if we go to verse 31 it plainly says that sin will be forgiven so they will walk away forgiven because they all they did was sin And we're condemning ourselves because blasphemy against the holy ghost or quenching the holy spirit will not be forgiven Uh, and i believe the reason most of us won't forgive is because what the other other person did to me was real you know i said a while ago that when people do things to you it's real you know we don't imagine those things when people hurt us it really hurts and uh we have a hard time forgiving somebody unless they make it right unless we make them pay for what they did and uh, you know we have to get to the point where we realize somebody did pay for what they did Jesus paid for what they did but we get the mindset that I'm not going to act like it never happened it did happen and it did hurt me and I'm not okay with that and I'm not just going to let them slide and uh you know, when we get that mindset, that's when we start getting bitter and resentful and we start trying to justify the way that we feel towards people because of what they did to us. When really all they did to us was sin. We're all born sinners and uh, we're all forgiven of sin through Christ. But I, I get that mindset. I had it for a long time. I totally get it. You know, I've been done really wrong too. And what God's saying is, he's, he's not saying we have to be okay with what somebody did to us. Doing somebody wrong is never okay. He's saying for your own sake and for Christ's sake, forgive them. Because Jesus says in a lot of places, and I've shared some of them with you before, that if we don't forgive them, then the Father will not forgive us. It says that we are to be forgiven the way that we forgive Jesus Christ freely forgave us. You know, we just read it. While we were sinners, he forgave us. He didn't ask for an apology. He didn't ask for anything. He forgave us right where we were. And we had, like I keep saying, it don't come naturally. We have to learn how to trust God, and he'll help us to do that. But an example of that, uh, that we will be judged the way we judge, is in Mark 11 Verses 25 and 26, and there's more examples. We'll be covering some of those, too. And this is Jesus talking, and it says, "'And when you stand praying, forgive, "'if you have aught against any, "'that your Father also, which is in heaven, "'may forgive you your trespasses. "'But if you do not forgive, "'neither will your Father, which is in heaven, "'forgive your trespasses.' You know, that ought to get our attention. Uh, You know, if I'm not going to be forgiven because I'm not forgiving you, then that, that should get our attention. But God can't forgive us if we won't forgive somebody else. You know, Jesus died for everybody to be forgiven. The Bible says he died for the sins of the whole world. He died for sin. You know everybody's sinned it's not up to us to to choose who is worthy of it and who's not. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago too. you know the cross was for everybody and when we choose not to forgive somebody <coughs> then we're denying what Jesus Christ did on the cross and we're putting ourselves above Christ and when he says they're forgiven, you know we don't we don't have the right to say no, they're not. You know, He's Lord. We are not the Lord. And when we say we won't forgive, we're disagreeing with God. We're disagreeing with what Christ did on the cross. And we're saying, I'll accept it for myself, but they don't deserve it. And I'm not going to give it to them. And, uh, you know, we can't do that and call ourselves Christians. We can't do that and call Him Lord. He died for everybody to be forgiven. And to me, that is like the ultimate form of pride. You know, we talked about two weeks ago uh, when we were going over verse 4 in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, we placed ourselves in the place of God as the judge who, you know, I've taken it upon myself to judge who is worthy and who's not worthy of forgiveness. You know, we talked about those categories that we put people in we'll put them over here because they're not worthy of the same grace that i am and uh you know when we get that kind of self-righteousness in us then you know we're we're no longer doing what god is asking us to do and we're not accepting what christ did on the cross he died for everybody not just us uh some more examples of how we'll be judged uh One is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. It says the same thing we just read in Mark. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Like I keep saying, that should get our attention. And uh, another example is in Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, judge not that you be not judged and he goes into a little more uh, description of it here in verse two it says for with what judgment you judge you shall be judged and with what measure you meet it shall be measured to you again so when we're counting somebody else unworthy and we're not willing to give them the forgiveness that God says to give them then we're cutting our own throats when we don't forgive. Uh, we're cutting ourselves out of our own forgiveness. And Satan knows that. You know, that's his design. We talked about a minute ago that that's not God's design. His design is for everybody to be forgiven. So that's not God's design. That's Satan's design. And we talked about last week in Second Corinthians chapter 2 uh, that I just want to Satan's schemes. He's got all these different tactics. You know, he's got bitterness. He's got anger. Unforgiveness is just another tool from him to keep us from being who we're supposed to be in Christ. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, will you put that in the NLT, Travis? <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to throw that on you but we'll see that unforgiveness is just one of satan's evil schemes to keep us from walking in forgiveness ourselves but paul says when you forgive this man i forgive him too and when i forgive whatever needs to be forgiven i do so with christ's authority for your benefit so that satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes what paul's saying is you know You know that's not from God. You know that's from Satan. So don't let him outsmart us. Don't let him get an advantage of us, like the King James says, to keep us from experiencing the love of God ourselves. Because when we don't forgive others, we don't get forgiven either. And uh, that means we're not only cutting ourselves off from forgiveness. We're cutting ourselves off from experiencing the love of God ourselves. You know, like I said, we don't have to be okay with what somebody did to us, but we do have to realize the only thing they need to be forgiven for is sin. You know, there's a lot of million different things people can do to you, but in the end, it's all just sin. And Romans 3, verse 23 said, We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the only thing really that they need forgiven for is the same thing, i was forgiven for and that's sin and uh, we have to realize that you know ever since adam and eve we're all sinners we're all born with a sin nature we're all born after the fall with the same sin nature and we all need to be forgiven of it and uh the only reason they did whatever it is they did to you is because of sin it's a result of sin You know, they need the same forgiveness that I need, the same forgiveness that you need. And, uh, you know, I keep saying that what they did to you, you don't need to ignore it. Because when people hurt you, it really does hurt. Uh, And we're all human. We don't have the capacity to forget things. You know, there's things that's happened to me uh, that I have to forgive over and over and over. You know, I can be doing just fine and I'll hear that person's name and you know we don't forget those things if I live to be a hundred there'll be things that as soon as I hear it it'll pop up in my head and I'll get mad about it again but that's when we just have to forgive again you know when people hurt us like I said we're human chances are we'll never forget about it but through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit we can recognize that they're just a victim of sin and so were we. And uh, like I said, there's things I wish I could forget, but I can't. But every time it's brought up, I have to forget it again. Because it's not that person that I'm wrestling against. It's sin itself. It's the the enemy himself. It's Satan. <clears throat> and we got to realize that they never would have done that if they weren't under the influence of the the enemy and under the influence of Satan and our goal should be that they are forgiven and that they do receive Christ as their Lord then they'll be under the influence of the Holy Spirit and they won't be doing things like that anymore and uh, you know like I said when people hurt us it really does hurt and even though we forgive them that don't mean that we have to go reconcile with them and have a relationship with them but we will be able to forgive them just like Jesus did. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't easy for him when he was on the cross and they were crucifying him those people were you know they were beating him they were spitting on him they were doing all kinds of things to him but even while he was on the cross uh, he was saying Father forgive them because they know not what they do and when people that don't have Christ or sinning against us, that should be our prayer too. We should be mindful of they don't have Jesus. That's why they're acting like that. And uh, they don't know what they're doing without Christ. We didn't either before we had Christ. Uh, you can read that in Luke 23 and verse 34 if you were looking for that. It says, "Then Jesus, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. But uh, in order to forgive like Christ, we got to pick up our own cross and do the same thing. And uh, he actually tells us that in Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 23 through 26. <clears throat> Can you do that in the NLT? It's just a lot easier to read and understand when there's a bunch of reading to do but in Luke chapter 9 verses 23 through 26 and it's talking about Jesus it says and then he said to the crowd if any of you wants to be my follower which is us he says you must give up your own way you know I got to give up my my right to win every argument I got to give up my right to avenge myself and do those things I got to do like he did and take up my cross daily and forgive other people and follow him verse 24 it says if you try to hang on to your life if I try to keep on doing things my way then I'm going to lose it I'll die in my sins because I hadn't surrendered my will to his yet I got to give up my right to be the boss I've got to give up my right to be in charge so if I try to hang on to my life, I'll lose it. But if I give up my life for his sake, I will save it. And if I start doing things his way, if I start forgiving people the way he tells me to. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost and destroyed? So if I win every argument I ever get in, I've got to prove my point, i got to win this argument, i got to prove that I'm right, what good is that going to do me if I have to be disobedient to God to do it, and then at the end of my life, I'm not forgiven? We've got to learn how to forgive. And in verse 26, it says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, what is him and his message? He's our Savior. His message is, he came to die for our sins. He came to forgive our sins so that we could be reconciled with God. So if any man is ashamed of that and is not going to do that, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you all the time, I don't want to be ashamed when Jesus comes back or when I die and I'm standing before him. You know, the thought of hearing the words Depart from me! I never knew you. That chills me all up and down my spine, and uh, I'm sure it probably does yours too. I don't want to. I don't ever want to hear that, and uh, that's why I preach messages like this because I don't want you to hear it either. And I think if it's important enough to to put in God's Word, that we should not keep a record of wrongs, and that. I'm not going to be forgiven if I don't forgive, then that's something that we should preach. Uh, I don't want you to hear, Depart from me, I never knew you either. And Jesus didn't want you to hear it either. That's why he preached the same message. We just read it. That was him speaking. And Paul, that's why he preached the same message. All through the New Testament, it's forgive, forgive, forgive. Let God take care of things for you uh, Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 20 and 21 and I tell you this all the time now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Christ's stead be you reconciled to God and that word pray that he used there in verse 20 actually means to beg he's saying we're begging you in Christ's place be reconciled to God and in verse 21 he says for he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him so Paul said I'm begging you come back to God Christ paid for your sins so you could be made right with God let go of your unforgiveness he paid he paid for it he paid for their sin too not just yours He's telling us to let it go, bring it to God and talk to Him about it and ask Him to help you release it. Uh, Like I said, it it don't come natural and you can't do it by yourself. And like I said, you don't have to get to the point where you're okay with it. But you can get to the point that you realize that it's just sin. And uh, when we get to that point, it don't seem so personal you know, I can forgive sin. I can grasp that everybody is born a sinner and sin has to be forgiven. The reason we find it hard to forgive is because we make it personal and we think you sinned against me. You did me wrong. And instead of realizing that God is God and Jesus is Lord, we put that on ourselves and we think people ought to be, make it right with us. And, uh, I think Josh hit on it Sunday morning. He was talking about David, you know, when he was confronted with his sin. He told God, he said, against you and you alone have I sinned. People do us wrong. People hurt us. But they don't sin against us. We're not God and we're not the Lord. Uh, so they, we can't forgive their sins. God can. But we can forgive them for hurting us. And we can get past it if we realize that it is just sin. So like I said, we can bring it to God and he'll help us get to the point where it's not personal anymore. And we realize it's just sin. And Jesus paid for it. And uh, another thing that helped me a lot when I first came to Christ, because I had a a lot of bones to pick with a lot of people, and I was not a forgiven person back then. You know, if you hurt me or you did, something, did me wrong, then... Somebody was going to have to pay for it. But the more that I read and the more I understood the New Testament, nobody's getting away with anything. And not just the New Testament, the Old Testament too. Nobody's getting away with anything. There's nothing that they do wrong to you or anybody else that God don't see. Uh, We share it all the time in Proverbs 15, verse 3, that, you know, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And uh, I don't know if you read the Psalm 37 I gave you for homework a couple of weeks ago, but it tells us, you know, that they don't get away with it. And I want to share a couple of those verses with you out of Psalm 37, if you didn't read it. Uh, and it's full of stuff like this. I just picked a couple of them out to share with you. In Psalm 37, verses 38 through 40. It says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So whether somebody's doing you wrong or not, they're not going to get away with it. God will make things right. And Psalm 37, 3 says, just trust God. He's going to take care of it. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shall you dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. So we're just trusting the Lord like Psalm says. And trust that God will repay. He says he will repay in Romans 12, verse 19. It says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. That means you give it to God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So we have to turn those things over to God and stop seeking revenge for ourselves. You know, it's, we just got through talking about that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Because when you're taking that upon yourself to judge other people, then you're not showing anybody the love of God. You're not being the witness that God called us to be. And uh we're working against Christ and not with him. Uh, And like I said, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do because he knows, there's a verse in James chapter 1 and verse 20, it says the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. And Satan knows that. He knows that's true. And he don't want you to work the righteousness of God. Uh, The NLT version says it produces, or we can't produce the righteousness that God desires with human anger. And he, Satan knows that. That's why he wants to make you angry. That's why he wants to make you unforgiving. So that we won't do the things that God desires for us to do. And when we give in to unforgiveness, when we let our anger and our bitterness and our, our own idea that we've got to be right about everything... When we get in that mindset, we're just giving him what he wants. And we're working against Christ instead of with him. Uh, <clears throat> Satan wants us to be exactly like him. It says in Revelations that he is an accuser of the brethren. Uh, I'll show those voices with you. I always tell you, I don't want you to take my word for it. In Revelation 12, verses 10 and 11, it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night in verse 11 it says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death that sounds a lot like Uh, Luke 9 we just read you know we didn't choose my way to hold the grudge but we we let Jesus Christ take care of it so we've got a choice to make you know we can choose to hold on to our own vengeance and our accusations and our unforgiveness our record of wrongs and uh, we'll be cast down just like Satan is there in verse 10 or we can overcome unforgiveness like it says in verse 11 by the blood of the lamb Uh, we just read that in a different place too just a few minutes ago in ephesians chapter 1 in verse 7 that's what it says we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to his riches of his grace so we've got a choice you know, we can be cast down like Satan because we're unwilling to forgive and be an accuser of the brethren, or we can let the, the blood of Jesus be enough, like it says in verse 11. <clears throat> so that can be our testimony, that we didn't love our life unto the death. We didn't love our right to be right so much it cost us everything. Uh, we didn't love our right to judge and condemn so much it cost us our own forgiveness you know nothing is worth that no matter what anyone has done to us no matter how horrible it was it's not worth eternal life you know it's not willing to be stubborn enough unto our own death you know we're overcome by the blood of the lamb by the word of our testimony and that is forgiveness through jesus christ uh, and I, I know I'm repeating myself, but I like to keep telling you that nobody's getting away with anything. That was my biggest reason for being unforgiving is because I didn't want anybody to get away with what they did to me. And like I said, we, we quote it all the time in Proverbs 15:3. Nobody is getting away with anything. You know, God sees it. He sees the good and the evil. And the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Uh, I want to share these verses out of Romans chapter 14 with you too. Uh, Not only does God see what's going on, both the evil and the good, but one day they're going to have to stand before Christ and explain what they did. They're not getting away with it. In Romans 14, verses 10 through 12, it says, Why do you judge your brother, or why do you set it not your brother?" for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So nobody's getting away with anything. We'll all stand before God. I'm gonna have to stand before God for what I've done and they're going to have to stand before God for what they've done. You know, nobody's getting away with anything. And if uh, if you have surrendered your life to Christ and you've got the Holy Spirit within you, you've been forgiven. And if you are forgiving others, when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you are forgiven. You know, you don't have to dread that. If they're still living an ungodly life and they're still doing people wrong, they will answer for that. So no matter what anybody else is doing, don't let it cause you to go into sin yourself. Don't let somebody else's actions lead you to sin and cause you to be unforgiving, because unforgiveness is a sin. And uh, to me, that's the most opposite of the Christ mindset that we can have. You know, Christ came to forgive. If we're not willing to forgive, that's about as opposite from Christ as you can get. And that'll not only cause you not to be able to fulfill God's purpose in your life, but it's going to, like I keep telling you, that'll rob you from experiencing the love of God in your own life. Unforgiveness is like a cancer. You know, it'll just eat you alive until there's there's nothing, nothing left inside of you but bitterness. Uh, I'm sure all of you know some people like this, but I'm, personally have known people that were in church their entire lives and they were the most hateful, bitter people I ever met in my life. They were never happy. All they could talk about was how bad other people were, you know, how I ain't forgiving them for nothing. They ain't doing me like that. And they spent their whole lives just consumed by hate. And they never experienced the love of God. They never led anybody to Christ and never did anything for the kingdom of God because they spent their whole lives consumed by unforgiveness. <clears throat> and I don't want you to, to spend your life like that and miss out on the, the life that God has for you and the love that God has for you and the love that you can share with others and actually be the one that leads somebody to Christ. You know, don't let that be you. Don't waste your whole life being bitter and hateful. And, uh, you know, don't keep a record of wrongs. That's what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. You know, <clears throat> we, can't, we can't live like that. We've got to let it go and trust God that he will make it right. And he will. We've got to forgive and let the Holy Spirit shed the love of God abroad in our hearts. Like it says, in uh, Romans 5 and verse 5 it says hope makes not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us and if you're having a hard time with unforgiveness and I think all of us do at some point or another you know you're not alone and Jesus knew we would have a problem with it I think I don't think there's a person on the planet that hasn't had a problem with unforgiveness. I know I had a a big problem with it when I first came to Christ. And uh, I shared these verses with you. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. But Jesus knew we'd have a problem with that. That's why he told us what to do about it in Matthew chapter 5. And this is not easy to do. You know, when you first start being obedient to this, it's something you have to make yourself do. Like we said earlier, it don't come natural. But the more you choose to be obedient and do what Christ is saying here, the more the Holy Spirit will work on your heart, and it'll change your mind. Uh, but in Matthew 5, 43 and 44, it says, You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And people like that verse. That's what I was saying. If there was a verse on unforgiveness, we'd eat that up. It'd give us a reason for doing it. But Jesus does away with that right here. He says, I say to you, love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You know, like I said, that's really hard to do at first. But the more you do it through obedience, the easier it gets. And the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll change your heart while you're praying for other people. And, uh, you know, that was really hard for me. Some advice I do have for you on that is be really honest in your prayers. When I first started doing that, when I read that he told me to pray for my enemies, they weren't good prayers. You know, I was like, I hate them. I hope you send lightning down and kill them and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. But I was honest with God. And uh, I told him how I really felt. But I kept being obedient and I kept praying for him. And then the longer you do that, the Holy Spirit will work on your heart. And he'll start helping you to, to realize they're just trapped in sin. They're still in the bondage that God freed me from. And uh, the more we realize that, then we'll really start praying for them, that God will help them to be forgiven, just like we were forgiven. And one day you'll realize that the hate is gone, and you you can see that they just need Jesus the same way I did, and uh, just like you do, that we all need him. And uh, they're no different than I was before I came to Christ. And when we start seeing people like that, then we'll really pray for them the way that we should. And we'll be able to share the love of God with them the way that we're supposed to, even if they're still being ugly to us. We'll be able to to love them the way that we're supposed to. And the reason we're allowed to do that is because we finally choose to forgive. You know, we allow God to remove the blockage from our hearts. You know, we were talking about blood clots earlier. You know how damaging they can be and they'll kill you. That's the same thing unforgiveness is. It gets stuck in our hearts and it stops the flow of God's love and it kills our witness. It kills our own forgiveness, the Bible says. But when we start doing things the way God says to do it and we're obedient to him, then that removes that blockage from our hearts and he removes our own unforgiveness and he replaces it with a desire to see the love of Christ overcome the evil that they've done to us, a desire to see the love of God. You know, it becomes more powerful than anything anybody can do us when we realize that God's love is stronger than that. It covers that too. You know, I tell you all the time, that, uh, and this helped me a lot too, that we're all teachers. You know, somebody's watching you to see if the love of God is real. You know, what are, what are we teaching people today? What are we proving to people today? You know, does God love us enough to forgive them? If they can come to church and still be judged and still be condemned and not be loved by people, that's not the message they're getting. They're, giving, they're getting the message that God won't forgive them. And we talked about a brother offended last week, That they probably won't come back if they're treated that way. So what are we, you know, what kind of, what are we proving today? Is the love of God real? You know, are we proving that to our children? Are they learning to love from us, or are they learning to hate from us? Are they learning to judge their friends when they do them wrong and criticize them? Or are they learning how to forgive their friends? Because the way we treat our friends is the way our children are going to treat their friends. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, it tells us to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And there again, for Christ's sake. So that's why we should forgive. So that's a good question to ask for ourselves. You know, are we forgiving one one another like Christ forgave us? Or are we going around gossiping about one another and accusing one another like we read about earlier? So, uh, that's our homework this week, is what record of wrongs do I have? And I'm sure everybody here's had something brought to your mind during the message of somebody or something that we just haven't let go of yet. Something that I've not got to the point that I can forgive. Whatever that is, take it to God and He'll help you with it. But you've got to confess it. You know, First John 1 verse 9 says, if we'll confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and not only forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, whatever it is, confess it to God and let Him cleanse you from it. And then you can move forward. And be the witness of His love that we're supposed to be. Forgiveness ain't easy. You know, we can't do it on our own. We need God's help. But if we... He's not going to help us unless we uh, deny ourselves and humble ourselves and bring it to God and say... And be honest, like I said in your prayers and say, I have not... (coughs) I have not forgiven this person because I just choose not to. I feel like I have the right to not forgive them. When you'll be that honest with God, He'll help you forgive them. I mean, but if you've got that mindset, it'll take God's help to get over it. And He will help you get over it. But you got to do it His way. And uh, I like to tell you this all the time too. If you do feel that way, if you've got unforgiveness in you that you don't want to let go of, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. That comes naturally, like we said to start with forgiveness only comes spiritually it only comes through god you know without the holy spirit we're not able to forgive and we're not able to love like we should you know love is a fruit of the holy spirit without him we don't have it so if you are having a problem with unforgiveness uh, be perfectly honest and blunt with god tell him who it is what it is and to this point, I've chose not to forgive. And God will help you with that. But we've got to get it out into the light, like God says, so He can He can help us take care of it. But like I said, you've got to have the Holy Spirit to do that. And uh, if you've never given your life to Christ and received the Holy Spirit, I'd like to give you that opportunity right now. Because uh, we can't overcome sin without a Savior. And... Uh, we can't receive the Holy Spirit until we surrender our lives to our Savior. And uh, then we'll receive the Holy Spirit, and we'll have His power in our lives to, to help us forgive the way that we're supposed to. Uh, you know, there's no big ritual you've got to go through to be saved. Just cry out to God and tell Him, I, I believe I'm a sinner, and I know I need saved. I need a Savior. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You just got to believe that Christ died for your sins and that he forgave your sins, like we've been talking about, and that he is alive and he is your Savior. And in verse 10, it says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So if you made that decision tonight, tell somebody about it. Tell them I gave my life to Christ. I asked him to come into my life and and be my Lord. And when you confess that, then the Bible says you are saved. And uh, I always like to share these verses with you too. In Romans 10, 13 it says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that goes along with this message really good. That includes the person that you're not willing to forgive. Christ is willing to forgive them. So if we're going to be Christ-like, we have to be willing to forgive them too. You know, I can't very well call upon God and say, please save me because I'm a sinner. And then turn around and say, but I'm not going to forgive them. You know, that's not okay with God. And uh, the verse that we started out with in Romans 5:8. It says, God showed His love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, we have to do the same for others, and extend them the same grace that God has given us. Uh, God willing, we'll wrap this series up in a couple of weeks. I won't be here next week. I've got to have a surgery next Wednesday, but when I get back, we'll go over the remaining verses from uh, verse 6 through 8. And I hope this series is helping you to understand the love of God more. You know, not only what it should look like, but what it shouldn't look like. And I hope it helps you to to be able to forgive some things that maybe up to this point you haven't been able to or not even willing to. But bring it to God and He'll give you the power through His Holy Spirit to, to change your mind about it, change your heart about it, until you are willing to forgive and then He'll help you to do it. He'll show you how to do it. But uh, let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. I'm sorry, can I say one thing real quickly? Yeah. Going on this, what you're talking about, I wrote about two weeks ago, I've been writing a journal. Proverbs 28.10 talks about vengeance, and the verse says, Who's causing the righteous to go astray in an evil way? He shall fall for himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. That goes along with what we were just talking about today. Yeah. About unforgiveness. We've got to go in our way of possession. Yep. When we try to harm others, we try to get vengeance ourselves. It always comes back on us because we're not the judge. God is the judge, but that's a good one. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Well, let me pray for us and we will be dismissed. Father, thank you for this message. I pray, Lord, for everybody that heard it, the ones that are here, the ones that are online and the ones that will hear it in the future, God. I pray that... If they are struggling with unforgiveness and uh, things that somebody has done to them, maybe they've never talked about them, God. I pray that you'd help them to find the courage to not only confess it to you that they've been unwilling to forgive, but to confess it with someone else, too. And to get it out there and talk about it, Lord, and uh, to seek the help that they need to forgive so that they can find the freedom that comes from it, Lord because the other person is not the one in bondage. By unforgiveness, Lord, it's us. We do it to ourselves, like Daniel just read in Proverbs. And Lord, I pray to you to help us all to find the courage to confront that and bring it to you and trust you, Lord, that you will and you can help us with that. And Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for the love that you have towards us and that we can come to you with anything and you will help us with it. Lord, we love you and we thank you for loving us And we give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.